Welcome to the Abundant Wellness with Andrea podcast from surviving to thriving in mind, body, and spirit. Hey there, I'm Andrea Jones, registered nurse, functional hormone coach, inner healing and deliverance pastor, and most importantly, wife and mother of two beautiful girls. This podcast is really a conversation about how to discover and walk in an abundant life that God has laid out for us while processing what I call the messy middle, pain and overcoming things in our life that are hard in order to nurture all of the parts of you so that you can walk in abundant wellness in all areas. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Abundant Wellness Podcast. Um, I have a dear friend, Miss Jody, here with us today. And is it Jody Putnicky? I probably should have clarified you that got first. It. No, you got it. I did. Yay. Okay. Um, who is a fellow Pans and Pandas mom. And we've had the privilege of getting to know each other, fortunately slash unfortunately, through shared experiences with our children. Um, she is a wealth of information to the Pans and Pandas community and amazing parental support um, for the group of homeopaths that we work with. And I'm just honored to have you on today, Jody. Oh, I'm so happy to uh, to be here. I, I We've talked about this before. There's so many parallels between your life and my life and our experience and how we walked all of this out and are still walking it out. Um, so I'm really excited to have the opportunity to chat with you and advocate for PANS more, right? Because that's what we yeah. ultimately want. We want to teach more people about PANS. We'd love for people to hear our message on homeopathy as well through all of that. So I'm happy to join you to do those things. Oh, it's, it's huge. And I think, you know, we can't really share the story without also sharing a little, you know, our own personal journeys, because as moms, yeah. we've developed and we've grown and we've had to change in order to adapt to becoming a mom of a child with pans and pandas. So, um, mm -hmm. and, and we, I know that our biggest desire is like, if we could wave a magic wand and just share enough that it prevents, right. Or mm -hmm. it helps one mom to recognize one month sooner, you know, um, and get the treatment that their child needs so that they're not suffering, um, yeah. in silence, that they're not suffering for longer than they need to. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that would be our, it's the thing that keeps us awake at night. Right. So, yeah. um, so would you mind sharing just a little bit about your journey, like where you and your girls started with, with all of this and what kind of plopped you into crap? We're in the world of pans and pandas and here we are. Yeah, well, um, I, I think our journey started well before PANS ever happened. Um, my younger daughter was born in 2012, um, and she was my mast cell kiddo, and um, she was very, very severe. So that was kind of my entry into this medical whirlwind, just complete craziness. What's going on? What is this? Um, she was so complex that nobody... There was no doctor that knew what to do with her or anything like that. So I had been kind of tumbling through that for a couple of years and got her to a place where she was sort of stable yes. and took a deep breath and was like, we're good. Like, we're okay. We're, we're, we've reached this place where she's, she can eat something and she's all right. And about three months yeah. later, um, well, Several months prior, Avery had started to get sick and 
I didn't know anything at the time. Um, and I was like, oh, she just keeps getting sick over and over. And holy cow, that was like the worst winter we've ever had. And she had, um, she ended up with the flu. She ended up with Epstein-Barr. Uh, she had mycoplasma. It was just like mm-hmm. back to back to back things that she had. And then mm-hmm. all of the sudden, um, there were little tiny things starting to happen before she was starting. And this is back in 2016. Um, she was about, she was about to okay. turn five years old and um, little things had started to happen at school where I was like, Oh, that's really strange and not Avery like. And, um, and then I think the, um, I don't even know what the last thing was. It was whatever infection she had, but there was something and there was a, there's already stuff there, but then all of a sudden there was this turning point where I was like, holy cow, something is wrong. She was, um, you know, before all of this started super bright, love school, love learning, love reading, um, love interacting with other humans um was just right. a super social little girl loved the outdoors um super independent like I don't need you like I do need yeah. hugs but then I don't need you I got this like right. I'm I'm doing my own thing yeah. just just she was a really cool kid um and then these things just started to slowly take over who she was um and just turn her into something that I didn't recognize and all of the symptoms, um, literally every single pan symptom that you could have other than for some reason, she didn't have the urinary, uh, frequency issues. Um, but all of the other things, um, like severe separation, anxiety, rages, um, just inability to to do what she was doing in school, refusing to go to school, arguing with friends, like all of a sudden that was her world. And, um, yeah, by the absolute grace of God, um, I got so lucky in the very, very early days. Um, uh, I'm a relatively private person, which is funny because like, that's literally what I do all day, every day. Here now, you are. Share yeah. our, like, <laughs> like, like go to the most vulnerable places I could possibly go. But I was a really private person. Right. And I wasn't telling anybody what was going on in our world. I was just super quiet about it. And I was researching, trying to figure out. Um, And finally, one day after school, I was sitting at the picnic table when Avery and her sister were playing after school. And there was a group of moms that I was relatively close with. And I was, I remember sitting there thinking, okay, Avery's interactions are getting so weird. I need to tell them. But then I was like in my head, like, don't tell them because they're going to think you're weird. Like, this is too crazy to believe. And I was like, I got to do it. Took a deep breath. And I was like, I just want to explain to you what's going on with Avery. I know interactions are getting a little wonky on the playground. So I want to tell you what's happening. And so I explained to them a little bit about it, just kind of a flyover. And one of the moms sitting next to me was like, I know exactly what's happening with her. And she's like, my neighbor's son just went through this. It's called pans and pandas. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and at that time I hadn't stumbled upon the answer yet. And so I literally got in the car at her little preschool that she was going to. And I searched it and I read like to, uh, because of course, like a huge fit happening in the back and I'm reading through and I was like, like this is it I was like holy Mm -hmm. cow so I drove home and got them occupied and I sat down and I started reading and I'm like this is it Mm -hmm. like this is totally it 
And so I spent about probably about eight months doing all of the things to try and find some help. Um, pediatricians, uh, immunologists, uh, uh, pulmonologist, ENT, all of the things. Um, and things just seemed to keep cascading and getting worse. There was a couple of things in there where um, they were like, Avery was one way. And then um, I believe uh, she had tubes and adenoids done completely separate that needed to be done before. Um, and after anesthesia, uh, she woke up and was a totally different kid. It like went to a whole different level. Like what happens with so many of our kids, it's like, we have one thing and then all of a sudden something happens and it's like, that's just, they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. And so we kind of tumbled around in this world, this mainstream medical world for a while did, um, did all the antibiotics and all that stuff, but she was having GI issues. And then, um, my biggest regret in the whole pans things is not listening to my gut when it came to doing IVIG. I felt so desperate to help her out of what she was going through as quickly as possible that I was like, okay, let's do IVIG. And um, that was the last thing that we did in the mainstream medical world. Um, Avery did not respond well to IVIG. Um, She had an immediate, like while she was getting the infusion, Mm -hmm. um, almost type of like neurological reaction. And um, things just got worse from there. Our last appointment was was with a neurologist who told me um, that I just kind of needed to settle in with an autism diagnosis, um, which was 100% not Avery. Um, and I knew it wasn't Avery, um, but she did have uh, symptoms that that kind of mirrored autism and that I uh, I needed to medicate her for the psychiatric symptoms she was having, which also weren't Avery, but she was having those symptoms. And so I was right. like, OK, I can stop right here and I can settle for this or right. I can keep going. And there was no piece of me that was willing to settle. I was like, nope, this isn't my kid. And I. I will die trying to get her back. And so went off into functional medicine. We spent a little bit of time and a whole lot of money in the functional medicine world, learned some really good things about her body and what was going on inside. Um, But also uh, we saw a tiny bit of improvement, but then I was like, no, this still isn't it. And then um, no, not, not, not where I wanted it to be. And then we, um, again, by the grace of God, there were back then, which was 2017, there was two moms that would, they wouldn't even talk about it in out in the open in the pans groups. They were sending me messages and telling me, Hey, there is this thing that you, um, you probably haven't heard about it's homeopathy, but it's Mm -hmm. amazing. And it's not about suppressing symptoms. It's actually about healing the body. And for some reason that just settled with me. Um, and then we had one final appointment with a pan specialist. Um, and he was like, you've done IVIG. There is not much more I can do for you other than support you with antibiotics. But I also want to tell you this thing. He's like, I want you to know that there is help for your daughter out there. There are mm-hmm. things can that can absolutely heal her body but no one in the mainstream medical world is going to tell you about it. You sort of need to go a little bit underground Underground, and and dig deeper into things that are outside of the box. 
and you need to yep. open your mind up to them and you need to run. And so finally I started listening to the whole, maybe homeopathy as an option yeah. and um, right. did my research and again, like repeating theme here by the grace of God, I, um, found Dr. Barr in a Google search and resilience naturopathic, um, found her and I, um, you know, I had a conversation with, uh, with the office and had a little consultation with her. And I was like, it was, yeah, my mind was locked and that was it. And it was it. Um, my Avery is doing amazing today. She's recovered, living a happy, healthy life, um, doing, doing really, really well. And, um, you know, for, for us, that was, um, that was the end all be all. And it, it, this thing that we say about homeopathy, it's so hard to believe, but I've, I've, I've witnessed that whole journey, um, and it's yes. just um, wild. And I can't, I can't not say this thing. I can't because this whole thing has been such a journey of faith for me. Um, the, one of my favorite things about homeopathy is I feel like, you know, God gave us these bodies very specific about how they function. And then also very specific right. about the things that we were given to help our bodies when, right. um, when they're not functioning well, right. He gave us everything that we need to help support a healthy body. And I can't right. help but think that homeopathy was taking Avery back to what my father and her father gave us yes. in the beginning to mm-hmm. help our bodies. And it was almost like moving back to that very simplistic thing. The, the, the very basic right. things that are available um, that he made available for our, the way he made our bodies. Um, that is what ultimately healed her. And I, I love that right. so much. It's wow. And yeah, I'm just like, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm just nodding like aggressively <laughs> because I just so much of that, so much of it. And, you know, <clears throat> I knew that homeopathy worked. I know we're not here to like talk about homeopathy, but we can't really share our stories without it's been such a huge part of that, you know, uh, for us. And, um, I similarly did not have, this is just me personally. And granted, I do have medical experience actually administering IVIG to children to like, I wasn't afraid of that as a process. I wasn't afraid of it as a medication, but I didn't have that gut piece that that was the thing for her. I'm like, there has, like, I just know that I'm missing something. And for us, I think it was about a year before we landed on homeopathy. Now, part of that was, was actually like getting on the wait list and getting into the appointment. So it wasn't like a whole year of trying functional medicine, but probably like six, six ish months where I'm like, I feel like I'm tricking myself into believing that we've made process progress but like this whole 45 minutes of shoveling supplements down her throat when she's yeah. raging and screaming and refusing, I'm not sure how much more I can handle that. Like, yeah, you know, she might get through it just fine. And so I finally, you know, I heard Dr. Barr's story and I was like, that's it. Like, I just, mm-hmm. I knew I had to work with her. And I think, oh gosh, there's so many different places we could go with this. But I, <laughs> I know that's like, why I said we could talk forever. <laughs> As a mom, it's an, uh, it's an unraveling that happens to us and our families, 
but it's not, I kind of want to flip the script on that because for so many moms, and I, I know that I felt this way and I feel like I'm a pretty strong, resilient, I've got a good backbone in me. I've got a good head on my shoulders, but there is nothing that will hit you harder than watching your child disappear before your eyes, right? Yeah. Whether that's overnight, like they say, or for us, it was, it was pretty, pretty rapid, like probably within a week, but then it was just downhill from there, you know? And I think that as moms, we have to begin to look at this unraveling process as less of a falling apart to just fall apart, right? Mm -hmm. But more of a falling apart so you can see what needs to be cleaned off and dusted up so that the body, like you said, can come be put back together again. I look back at like my own history with different things that I struggled with anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, mental health stuff that my mom dealt with that. Now I'm like, there is no doubt in my mind that the mono that my mom had when she was in high school with like hallucinations and high fevers for a week, there's no way that didn't impact her mental health. Like Mm -hmm. there's just no way. And so I think For me personally, I feel like in so many different ways, having my daughter go through this, I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy and neither would you, but in some ways it actually put me back together Mm -hmm. in ways I didn't know that I needed healing too. And I still wish I could have gotten out of it if I'm honest, Mm -hmm. because it's brutal. But at the same time, there is that when your world begins to fall apart, like we have to have hope that it's not for nothing Mm -hmm. and that we can be as moms, we can be put back together. You know, our children will, they will get put back together. And I think that's where homeopathy is so beautiful is that we're not looking at this as a, as a permanent fixed disease state. Mm -hmm. We're looking at this as an expression of an illness or an expression of susceptibility in the body that the body is like screaming to get healed. Like, please Mm -hmm. heal this rage. Please heal this food sensitivity. Please heal this noise sensitivity. Please heal. Like we have to begin to look at it through that lens. And, um, that's, you know, for me, the beauty of, of homeopathy within that, but let's talk a little bit about, you know, the like psycho-emotional, aspect of this, because, you know, I think we're both at a place now where maybe we're less, less triggered by the whole process, hopefully, but still walking it out. Right. Because our kids are still healing in various degrees, but when, when the poop hit the fan and life all of a sudden looked very, very different for you guys, like you, like you mentioned, like, she's not the same kid she was last week, two weeks Mm -hmm. ago, a month ago. And we have listeners now that are heading into the holidays, right? I remember that Mm -hmm. first like Christmas for us where things were very different. Like Mm -hmm. we can't do the same things we used to do. She couldn't handle sitting in the car ride to look at Christmas lights. Like, you know, my eight-year-old's raging in the backseat because why? I don't actually know at this moment, but it's happening. And so there are things we can't, like it drastically changes how we celebrate our faith how we honor our traditions, how we connect with other family members. So I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about for you, kind of how you navigated that while kind of you, you try to hold it together. Like I want to make something good out of this. Yes. But how do we do that now that life looks so different? 
I feel like I did everything wrong. I feel like I've learned so much from other pans moms and very fortunate. I've been able to talk to a large number of pans moms and learn from what they did it right. Um, when Avery's pants started, um, we had already kind of been in this world of like, for me, holidays and, um, you know, any type of major gather major gathering was already sort of a like, hard for me because we had extreme food issues. So there was always like mm -hmm. um, sitting down at a table with a whole bunch of people and eating and having a child that can't eat anything that anybody else eats mm -hmm. is um, mm -hmm. it's ex like, it was devastating for me. Um, but now I have a kid that can't eat anything that anybody else is eating. And then I also have a kid that is flipping out about everything and nothing. And uh, I didn't, um, Back then, I was a very different person. I can't not talk about homeopathy. Like literally everything that comes out of my mouth will be about homeopathy. Um, it has changed me so much as a person. Yeah. Back then, I was so concerned about other people and inconveniencing yes. other people. Yep. Um, I almost killed myself trying to stay in front of things um, because we yep. still went to holidays. We still did everything. But mm -hmm. I was quietly in the background without anyone, including my husband, knowing everything that I was doing, trying to keep Avery mm -hmm. from reaching that point of no return. Yeah. Um, and so holidays were horrible. Um, mm -hmm. It was so much work. It was um, just constant. Um, e even managing like, Avery's expectations that were very large and very grandiose yes. and just, mm -hmm. um, like all of those things. I, I don't know how I did it. I tried to stay as loving and understanding as I possibly could. But then right. I also, and, and don't get me wrong, I wasn't trying to portray this like lovely, unrealistic world. I was just trying to right. hide the reality of the world that we were in. And I, uh, right. I was in an extreme, after a couple of years of that, I was in an extremely, extremely unhealthy state trying to keep up with that. Um, yeah. I, again, have learned so much from other moms and actually am coming off the heels of doing a podcast yesterday with Lori Bean, who is oh, like awesome. the most She's amazing. amazing. I know she is. Yeah. I really, I have learned a whole, I know we've all learned a ton from Lori, but I wish that I would have had her perspective going through it because what mm -hmm. she says and what she practices makes so much sense to me is like, you don't have to do all of the things you don't have to uh, like lighten your load. Literally everything she talks about yes. is lightening your load. You don't have to do this. You don't have to have a day with five different activities in a row. Pick the right. one pick the one your kids are going to enjoy the most and right. manage through that. And, um, and don't be so concerned with others. Um, it just yeah. is what it is right now. And that's, right. um, as we move further into pans that I got to the point where I was less concerned about other people. Right. And, mm -hmm. um, I was just focused. I was, I felt like I was on an Island with Avery and, and even my younger daughter, um, I was on this island with them and my job in this world was to fight and focus. And 
that was it. And so all of the other stuff, like the family and all that kind of drowned it out to where I was yeah. less concerned, right? We were going to have meltdowns. We were going to, Avery was going to have behavior that was kind of wonky. It didn't, um, the, the, the thoughts and ideas from others didn't quite matter as much to me. Um, yeah. but I, I think I'm, I'm like the worst at giving advice about the holidays because I made myself sick trying to hide mm-hmm. what was going on. And I realize now that that might not have been the best thing to do. Right. But I think it's good to talk about because I know so mm-hmm. many moms that aren't, that don't have a kid with chronic illness that don't have, mm-hmm. you know, a child with special needs that they're doing that too. Right. And mm-hmm because you feel this enormous pressure to show up a certain way and do all of the things or, uh, or, uh, or else whatever, like whatever it is we believe about that. Mm -hmm. And I think having a child with pans and pandas or autism or whatever, right. Mm -hmm. It kind of forces you into this place where it's do or die. Like I either have Mm -hmm. the hard conversation or I'm going to pay for it. I either, make somebody mad because I asked if they were ill before they came to a family dinner, because that will set us back two to three months. Like at that point, it was Mm -hmm. not like we just bounced right back out of a flare. You know, it was months of flares for a long time. And that cost our family emotionally, you know, bigger than just you having a cold for one to two days, right? Like it's not the same thing. And so um, I love what you said about I don't love what you said that it it made you sick, but I love what you said about now you have the awareness of what you needed at the time, right? Which yeah. was to not have to save face and to not have to pretend that you weren't suffering and to not have to pretend that your children weren't suffering. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this is really, I, I know very few families in that huge Facebook group that have not experienced some degree of separation, disconnect, pain around having this conversation with families. And I'm curious, this could probably be like its own episode. I feel like I might be opening a can of worms here, but I'm curious, I'm curious because I'm still trying to understand this dynamic. Like what do you feel it makes it so difficult for people to understand when we say my child has pandas, this means you know, an infection, how I explain it is an infection attacked her brain and we're still healing from that. And so that might mean like, and I just list a couple symptoms. We have some noise sensitivity, uh, some like mood instability at times, um, that can be triggered by viruses or food. Like I just keep it very simple, but still I've found that's hard for people to understand. And so I'm still trying to understand why that's difficult, but what Mm -hmm. is your, when it comes to family and family gatherings and the expectations of you showing up, right. And looking a certain way, what do you think the, where do you think the gap is in this conversation? You know, earlier how you were talking about um, the kind of unraveling And going through homeopathy kind of helped you unravel um, stuff for you and even stuff for your mom. Um, So I think another really, really excellent word is unlearning. Um, and, And so I now try to look at this from a position of grace. Um, I'm going to give everyone grace because they just don't know what they don't know. 
And whenever you and I first entered into the pants world, we didn't know, we didn't understand. Um, and it took us time to learn right. what pans was, but also unlearn what the world had already taught us. I think um, our kids experienced these symptoms that had always been labeled something, right? Yes. They've been mm-hmm. they've been labeled a sensitive kid. They've been labeled a um, behavioral kid. They've been labeled like all these labels, even diagnosis that medical providers give them. Well, it's right. just that. It's just this. Um, whenever we go to a, a, a family function, mostly what someone is seeing looks like a behavioral kid um, or, or a misbehaving yeah. kid. Um, so if you're not seeing the full picture of what's happening with our kids, the like terrified to go outside, they are, um, won't eat certain foods. They are having urinary issues. They are, if you're not seeing all of those things, it's kind of hard to grasp the, the, that there really is something other than just your kid being completely disrespectful and not listening to you. Um, I, I think that they, like, they just don't get the whole picture, but also like in, in the past, these things have never been called inflammation. They've right. always been given a name and a medication or, you know, right. whatever therapy comes along with it. Um, and so I think the, uh, and this is why I'm so big on advocacy and education is the whole world is going to have to unlearn just like you yeah. and I unlearned. Yeah. And, um, you know, I got really fortunate. I have very supportive parents. Um, they were they didn't get it, um, but I just had to keep explaining to them. And I, yeah. you know, there were a handful of times where I had to step in and say, "Nope, like that's not how we're going to do it," because she yeah. cannot help it, um, which was really hard for me to do because I was that person I was before. But yeah. um, they they didn't understand, just like I didn't understand. And yes. um, it, it, it's it, again, it's so. Um, it's just giving people grace because they, they just have to unlearn what they've always known. And it takes time to do that. But at the same time, it's so hard. It's so isolating and lonely to Mm -hmm. have everyone in your world, not understand you. And I think that um, little, little things like I took, uh, I don't remember what the children's book was. Um, I took that to my parents and I was like, can you please read this? Um, and I think having, a someone other than myself say it and then see that someone else is experiencing was how, so a kid's book was super helpful. Um, but it's just a tough space. Um, it's, it's really hard and it's, um, I don't know. I felt, um, I felt supported by my family, but I also felt very lonely and isolated Mm -hmm. and, um, it's, this is the hardest part is it's time. It's all time. Like it's going right. to take the world time to catch up with the things that you and I already know. And this is the cool thing about, um, you know, you have been handed this experience and right. you probably won't ever stop teaching about it. Um, it's just no. in you. It's with you. It's, it's my reason why, because I know that other families are going through the exact same thing that we went through with Avery. And I can't, like, I can't set it down. I can't not 
stop teaching because the more I talk about it, the more that other people talk about it, the podcast that we're doing right now, mom and doc talk. um, If we talk about it, more people are going to hear about it and, and familiarize those that aren't living in it with the experience and what's going on. Um, So I don't know if I answered your question. That was a really good response. No, no, you did because you brought a lot of context to it. It is such a it is such a multifaceted conversation. And I think mm-hmm. I think the first thing, you know, if I could go back and tell five years, excuse me, five years ago, Andrea, my my thing would be, you know, don't try to be strong. Don't try to be taking on you know, this big thing that feels really big and like trying to make a happy family get together when not everybody understands, you know, they're looking at this, like you said, like they're being disrespectful to you. You just need to spank them more. You're not disciplining enough. Like they're looking at it through a paradigm that maybe works for a child without neuroinflammation. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe it works for children. But if you have a brain on fire, there is nothing, there are zero things (laughs) exactly zero things that you can effectively do to get their brain to learn something new because their brain is on fire. You got to put out the inflammation. And so once I grasped that, it made parenting significantly easier because I'm like, I'm, I'm parenting brain inflammation right now. This is not a normal response for a child, like so much unlearning there. And it, it does give you grace for, you know, when you're not thrown into the pit, you don't have to learn something new. And so they're not, you know, these extended family members that unless they choose to climb into the pit with you, Mm -hmm. they're not forced to learn this thing that you've had to learn. And so I think, you know, for listeners out there, it would, you know, what I would tell myself and what I would tell you, if you're in that situation where maybe it's your first or second holiday and you're trying to navigate how much you're going to do and how much you're going to say is, um, like you, said, don't feel like you have to do it all and show up perfectly and all of these things. Um, I had to get really, really clear for myself on what enjoyment would look like. Like, how am Mm -hmm. I going to enjoy this if my child is raging? Okay. Well, that means for me that I need to have permission to leave. I need to have, you know, permission for this to be a 30 minute Christmas. (laughs) And then we are on our way. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if that's what peace is going to look like for me, then that's what, what it's going to be because actually my nervous system does matter in this. Yeah. Um, maybe more than any other family member as the mom, because you're carrying a weight that nobody else in the family is carrying, mm-hmm. not even your husband, as much yeah. as he is carrying a load, he is not carrying your load. And so this is where we had to get really clear as like, husband and wife on your experience is different than my experience, Mm -hmm. but because I'm carrying a different load than you, I am actually probably going to be the one that is deciding what the push and pull is like how much push, how much. And those were just, and they're just messy and hard conversations and they're not, they're kind of intense sometimes. And, you Mm -hmm. know, they're feeling a pressure around the holidays too. And so I think you just have to give yourself permission to be in that messy place, you know? Um, But also to allow yourself, I was just talking to a mom whose kiddo was just diagnosed with pandas recently about, she's like, I don't know why this thought keeps coming up about it shouldn't be this way. And I was like, friend, that's grief. That Mm -hmm. is grief inviting you in. Like, 
you have to be oh, present yeah. to that place of pain because if it doesn't come up now, it sure as heck is going to come up later mm-hmm. and you might as well give it space at the table. It's going to be a lot easier to deal with if you deal with it acutely than like shoving it down and five years later <laughs> trying to process, right? Mm-hmm. All of that stuff. But I, but I think the grief in this, it does look different for every mom mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it might be a little bit more in your face. Like if you go and yeah. you see neurotypical cousins that don't have pans and pandas and they're not struggling yeah. and their brain isn't on fire and they get to eat the cookies with the frosting and not absolutely lose their ever love in mind. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? That's, it comes front and center. And so, um, so I think there's just, yeah, there's just so many things to navigate during the holidays. And I, I always kind of feel for myself, this pulling inward around December where I really start, even though she's like 95% healed by this point, I still kind of pull in and I'm checking in on Mm -hmm. myself. Like, how are we doing right now? Can I handle Oh, can she handle? Can I handle? Yeah. What do we want this to look like? Yeah. Because I'm not willing to, after all that we've been through as a family, I am not willing to sacrifice that on the table of just having an experience. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm really protective of that space. And so I don't know if any of that made any sense, but it does. It, it totally does. And I'm so glad that you, again, like going back to, and I tell Dr. Barr this frequently that I feel like I did everything wrong. And that's my, might be why I can talk about things because I did it all wrong. Cause I love what you're saying. You, you assessed yourself and yeah. honored yourself and um, had no issues requesting what you knew you needed. And I was trying to honor everyone else and yeah. appease everyone else. Um, even though I don't even think that they needed to be appeased. I was just so worried about right. not inconveniencing anyone. Right. Um, and, and, oh, there was one other thing um, that you said that I was like, yes, that's amazing. But I totally like, I'm having mom brain moment and it went out of my head. Um, but I think, oh, you were talking about the, um, the sadness and sitting in it. Yes. And that's another mm-hmm. thing that I did horribly, horribly wrong. Um, I was the most extreme stuffer. Um, mm-hmm. I, there was one time during pans where I remember breaking down and crying. And it's like, I remember it like it was yesterday because it was the only time I cried. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a professional feeling stuffer. I didn't feel anything. I didn't allow myself to yeah. grieve to anything. Like there was, um, I was a wall and nothing mm-hmm. was getting to me. Um, I yeah. was incredibly, incredibly devastated, but completely emotionless. I was like a machine. And mm-hmm. um, <laughs> again, Dr. Barr kept telling me, like, eventually we're diving into your healing and all of this is coming out. And she was 100% right. Avery mm-hmm. got to the point where she was healed and I was a yeah. complete mess still. And then I finally started my own healing journey. Right. And it's been like an unraveling <laughs> of me and, and like every emotion that happened during the hard years, the, I would say between both girls, uh, five, six years of just like complete insanity and me stuffing yeah. it all down, all of that, like my body and my brain and my heart are 
working through all of that right now. And it's, um, yep. it's awesome. And it's also hard at the same time. Yep. Um, so Absolutely. don't stuff, feel it. I, yes. like, I love that, that you said that. Well, and I would add to that. That's, I would say we do that because we feel like we have no other choice, right? Mm-hmm. Because the extent of the need is so profound and great. And it's all the time. It's like, I try to explain it to people. It's like having a newborn that never grows out of the newborn stage Mm -hmm. of neediness, right? Where you're just, you're on high demand all the time. And so even if you're like me and you were proactively moving through as much emotion as you could, right? Or as much intensity or as much healing as you could, the reality is, is that it is so much for your nervous system to parent a child through pans and pandas, um, that there's still going to be stuff that comes up. And like, I know we talked about this in the Facebook group a while ago. I was like, um, is anybody else experiencing this? Because I am a hot mess. And it was, it took me a while to figure out. It was like, oh, my body actually feels safe enough now to let go of this really big, deep layer of pain. And Mm -hmm. it's manifesting as all these different things that are happening in my body. But once I started to realize that's what this is, this is grief, this is loss, this is trauma, this is suffering, this is all the stuff I could not make room for when, you know, you're just putting out fires all day long, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think to, I think to normalize that part of the healing process, we don't really have control over how quickly we move through that um, in -hmm. terms of you know, I don't get to be like, well, grief, you have three months and you're going to move through this in three months. You know, we don't get Mm -hmm. to do that. But what we can do is just really create room for the safe relationships that understand what the journey is like. Um, and for the people that get it, like, which is why I was like, I hope Jody comments on this post because I feel like she has something she could say, <laughs> she could did say I? to me on this. I don't and, remember. I hope I did. No, you did. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not crazy for experiencing this because I was just, I was still kind of shocked at like the intensity of what came up for me after, you know, I'm like, she's having like the best year of her life, you know, like this is the kid I remember you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, this is the kid I remember. And all of a sudden I'm like flooded, you know? Yeah. And I think that we just have to give room for just the gravity of this journey. Um, and not having to show up as super mom every day, put together strong, no. you know, that's not humanly possible. And so mm-hmm. if anything, I've learned, you know, just from watching her, how to let my body pace itself and, yeah. Cause they're really good. They're really good at showing us what their body yeah. can handle. And we're not so good at that. I feel like as moms. Mm-hmm. So I know we're just about out of time, but I would love for you to share. Um, Cause we know we both love resilience, naturopathic. We both love <laughs> Dr. Barr and all of the doctors at her team. And so of course I'm going to put that in the show notes, but what would you say to a mom who's like, maybe just figuring out like this is pans pandas if we are in this for the long haul and they're nearing the holiday season, like what might, like what kind of nugget of wisdom might you, you've already shared so much, but I'm just like a little piece of hope or something um, as they walk this out. I think more than anything that give yourself grace, 
right? Because um, if anybody needs grace in all of this, it's a mom. And um, the the pressures that we put on ourselves and the expectations, um, the the world that you entered into when Pan started is uh, like it's the upside down. Um, it, it's different. the The rules don't, don't apply to you and your child yeah. right now. All of the parenting rules that the whole world thinks that everybody should be living by and That's enforcing, it, right yep. it doesn't apply to you. It doesn't apply to your child. Um, the normal expectations of the holiday, um, forget about them and you make the holiday that you can make for your family. And yep. um, don't, don't, don't make yourself sick by trying to keep up with anything or do anything. And um, I just said, don't like walling yourself off is a bad idea, but if that's what needs to happen. Yeah. I I think it's okay to um, release ourselves of what other people think Um, you're, we, we all get there, right? We, it takes us a while, but we all get there. Um, So if you can, understand that um whatever your family thinks or whatever friends think or whatever um it it just doesn't matter um you're you're in this fight with your kiddo right now and it's your you and your kid and you're sprinting along and you're you're gonna get better you're gonna get a you're gonna get your child to a place where they're better just period we all know that we're all gonna keep fighting for our kiddos until we get them there um and right now y'all are just like that's your jam right now. And it yep. doesn't like, it's all the sound, right? All the sound is what distracts us from everything. And there's, yes. there's only a, uh, there's only a certain amount of energy and effort that we have in us. And that energy right. and effort is focused on getting your kiddo better. And this is going to be a blip. Absolutely. Um, I know it doesn't feel like a blip, but it's going to be a blip. Eventually you're going to see that it's a blip in your life. Um, but right now this right. is your bubble and, um, and, and it, it is okay to be unconventional. It is okay. In the words of Lori Bean, it is okay to do less and it's okay to just do what serves you and your family. Um, so less. So good. Less. That's the word. Okay. No, it's, yeah, I fully agree with you. And I actually, I was actually, this, this can be a reframe for somebody. And I feel like this, you know, could all, we're probably going to need to do like a part two and a part three, just <laughs> heads up on that. But um, I, I needed to reframe some past holidays because I was looking back at them. like, I failed as a mom. We didn't do anything. It was so boring, you know, like, panda Mm -hmm. sucks and life is hard and you know just all the things and I actually went back and asked my girls they're eight and 12 now um which is crazy but um and I just said what did you think about the holiday and they were like we loved getting stuck in the snow that was so amazing Mm -hmm. that was one of our best holidays ever and here I am like my perspective was so different, but all I was doing it for was them anyway. Mm -hmm. And so even though I remembered the really bad flare that we had two weeks beforehand, that was just suckage to -hmm. no end, right. Leading up to, they don't remember that stuff. And so yes, we will still need to process the trauma and the pain and all of the different things. But like you said, it's, you know, less is more, you will get through this. And 
Um, and I will put, you know, the links to some resources, the YouTube channel, um, for resilience and the podcast as well. Um, if you're listening to this and this resonates with you and you're wondering if maybe, uh, your child fits this picture, obviously this is not meant to be diagnostic by any means. Like we're not diagnosing your child, but if this helps you to get the help that you need, um, I would highly encourage you if there are, you know, things going off in your mind where you're like, wait a second. Oh my gosh, that sounds like my child. Do not ignore that. Um, do not ignore it. Like we would scream mm-hmm. that from the rooftops if we could. Yeah. Um, the mom and doc talk podcast and the YouTube channel for all of the information on that. And Jody, I just want to say thank you for, uh, you just, you hold people's hands so well, even as you've been fighting this for your children. And I just, I can't thank you enough for being who you are and always showing up and encouraging and not just me. And you have a way of, you know, I'll post a comment and you're like, what you really need to hear right now is that it's, you know, it's okay that you're triggered you know, your triggered self needs to be reassured. And I'm like, you just have such a way of putting the things in there that maybe I don't want to say, or I'm not ready to say, or I'm not ready to ask for. And you just do such a, such a brilliant job being who you are. So thank you for all that you do. Um, I know you've helped us tremendously just in all, all the small ways that add up. So thank you for being on here today. I know that the moms that are listening are going to get just so much encouragement out of this. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for your kind words. And um, I, I do all of this with so much joy in my heart. Like I am supposed to be with the PANS community forever. I I don't, (laughs) I don't even know what retirement looks like, because I just, I, unfortunately, I feel like this is just more and more is coming as we go down the road. And um, I, I, I believe so much that the families that are experiencing this 10 years from now are going to experience it different because of the advocating that you and I are doing now. Um, So I'm always like, there is constantly a fire under me to teach about pans and pandas, you know, homeopathy, of course. um, But I, uh, I, I love, um, I love helping other families and I love when other you know, other folks are hopping on and doing the same. So same, sending the same words right back to you too. Oh, thank you. Well, I know, yeah, we can't, we can't do it without community. And that's what this is all, all about is creating that voice and the community. So thank you again so much for your time today. Uh, Thank you.